on last week's Irrevelations. They let the people kind of go out and settle back into the towns that they used to, um, just taking land from others, you know. Like like right before sober October, I do heroin. It's like glamping. It's kind of fun. You already live in the fucking desert. They're like, all right, now it's time to fast and wear sackcloth and put dust on our heads because, yeah, you know, we did f*** up a lot. We f*** up, we are shitty, and then God's mercy lifts us back up so that we can f*** up again. Before we turn to the word, I would like to say that I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed and I don't feel good about myself. Neither they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. Damn, I never count down from five. That was crazy. Yeah, I noticed that. I uh, I didn't want to interrupt it because God knows how what the next number would be. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I started it at five, and I, for a second I was like, holy shit, this is going to take forever. But then I realized a couple seconds later we were at three, which is where we normally start, so it felt okay. <laughs> it is not related to anything. I don't even know why. It's not interesting or anything, but have you listened to uh, Miley Cyrus's uh, new album, um, Plastic Hearts? No. Oh. Oh. I like it. I like it a lot. I don't know. There's okay. nothing to it. There's nothing to it. <laughs> I, uh, I've been listening to uh, – she did this remake um, with uh, Stevie Nicks where she remixed her other song, uh, I think it's called Midnight Sky, with uh, Stevie oh. Nicks' Edge of Seventeen. Uh-huh. And god damn, is that my jam. I can't get enough of it. I don't know. There's a All few right. tracks on there. I, you know, oh. I'm sure she doesn't need our plug, but... Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> you know, like, Everyone I think, needs free plugs. I think Miley Cyrus has been having like a reverse Joe Rogan, where she was in obscurity, and her reputation is kind of just going through the roof. I saw a little bit of her, like, little, uh, like, those couch acoustic session she's be doing yeah uh and i i think she was kind of coming back where people were like god damn my cyrus well, i saw the pipes. video of her of her covering um the cranberry song oh yeah uh yeah did you see that zombie uh, whatever no but i mean I, i'm sure it was it's fucking good, good. Yeah. i'm sure it was good she got some she got some pipes uh, i think yeah. she's i think she's on the way back and uh you know good good on her she'll I, flame I, out again right yeah, yeah i mean i don't want to be I pessimistic mean, but like probably. mcconaughey already on his way back out he oh, came really? back. Yeah. Huh. You even notice that? The McConaughey's on his way out. I mean, the McConaughey's came and went, sure. Uh, but I don't know. I, I haven't noticed anything new about him that was like oh, no, he's so. He's going like Rogan style. Oh. He, well, for one, he was on Joe Rogan. I didn't watch sure. it, but I, I caught clips of it where basically he's like, oh, you're persecuted in Hollywood for thinking outside the box. and Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen the man's house on uh, Lake Travis in Austin. It's pretty obvious why he's going to have uh, right-wing leanings whenever you decide it's a good idea to build a fucking Tuscan villa on a shitty lake that's like 50 feet lower than it should be. It's just very tacky is what I'm getting at and very Texas Texas Republican. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's nothing tackier than 
Tuscan villas? A Tuscan a... villa, and it's it's tacky. God, you're so specific. It's stupid. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, I mean, come on. That's like. I mean, it's can very... we just talk about using Baroque architecture he, next to a he, river? You're like, what the fuck? I don't know. He looks like uh, if like if like a mafia mistress got okay. stranded in Texas somehow, but okay. had a billion dollars. This is what right. it would happen. Okay. Okay, mafia it's mistress just, with a billion dollars stranded in Texas. That's McConaughey. All right, you are. It's a weird part. thing. It's weird that that's where he would go with it. Fucking but whatever. Tweet it out. We're gonna make that big. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Q. Uh, okay. So um, I am watching just kind of all over the place. I'm gonna get more publicly active, especially with like my personal Facebook with my name attached to it and pictures of me and my dogs. Uh, just just going ham. But um, yeah. One of the things that's poked out to me is kind of just the pervasiveness of Q and kind of how that ties into the attack on the Capitol and kind of where people are right now in the fucking headspace. Sure. Um, uh, I guess my point is it's like amped up. It uh, is. And it's also splitting the the conservative base as far as i can tell well it was always fucking stupid i never understood any of it but the fact that it's become so mainstream so um in the past like you know it was like oh guys by the way trump's having he's fighting a secret war and big news coming out soon and and any day now any day now and i think it's hard to pin it down because it's just such a loose affiliation there's there's a sort of a central theme but it was all kind of loose, which, first of all, the, the idea of us Trump fighting a secret war against pedophiles when yeah. he's got, you know, a reserve. He's seat, obviously a pedophile. Yeah. A reserve seat at the fucking Lolito Express. Yeah. I, you know. Yeah. OK, great. Yeah. He's just deep cover. Um, yeah. He's totally not part of the swamp that he's been a part of for, you know, the last 40 years. Yeah. Donald Trump. Liberal pedophile elite is going to lead a secret war against the liberal pedophile elites. Yeah, <laughs> that, that makes sense. Um, but but they, the, hey, hey, you can't technically prove that he raped those kids. <laughs> but that's I mean, my favorite fallback line. <laughs> I mean, can you prove it though? Just, well, we have a, we have a we just have a bunch of uh, accounts from uh, rape victims and uh, yeah. you know a billionaire who would never do that. Whose biggest defense against. You know, his biggest defense against rape victims is like, look at you, you're fucking ugly. Like, that's that's the guy. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I saw a YouTube video, and now I believe that George Soros is a liberal Jew. Or Uh sorry, a lizard Jew. But, uh... But yeah, no, Trump, there's no way that he did anything wrong. I, I love I love the idea. I've been watching people being like, because they just keep arresting capital attackers, and they're yeah. all right-wing fucking nut jobs. And it's just people are like, nope, that's fake news. We all know Soros paid, bought and sold. And it's like, well, Charlie Kirk went on record saying, hey, I bought hotels and buses and I'm bringing in patriots in and we got to storm the Capitol. Yeah. And like now these same people are like, well, who knows who paid for those buses? I mean, I want to know. They're like, fun. you know who's got money. Anything, anytime a bill gets spent, uh, it's George Soros. You know, yes. like, let's not be stupid about it, but it's fucking nuts. Uh, now... <laughs> It has been an interesting week. Uh, the Q thing, I think, like I said, we're seeing a lot of split now. Yeah. Like uh, the Reagan Battalion is uh, is an organization. It's an account that I follow on Twitter specifically. Okay. I don't know what they do in real life, but mm-hmm. they make stupid posts on Twitter. Sure. And, of course, now they're all over the anti-Trump thing. It's hilarious because oh. they've been sucking him off for of course. a while. Like, oh, he's the most Republican president since Reagan. I mean, yeah. that they both Ugh. probably raped kids. 
Yeah. You know, maybe. Um, yeah. I, I think the thing, you know, the whole secret war thing was also just super confusing because the whole idea was like, oh, yeah, Trump, you know, he's just he's just setting up for a global ambush. And he's going to capture uh, Hillary Clinton, George Soros, Obama, Ellen DeGeneres is in there for some reason. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they're just going to get all captured, all captured, and then taken to Guantanamo to be executed. Uh, the, the, yeah. These, these the, the, the depth, the, 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 the situation, you know, how complex it has to be. But also, like, what's the point of a secret war if you're going to just fucking blab about it on Twitter that, hey, watch out, Hillary Clinton and George Soros, we're coming for you, but nothing can stop. I mean, it's so fucking stupid. So fucking stupid. But I, it's awful. I, I think at least when Trump was still in power, there was the illusion of the storm is coming. Like, don't worry. I mean, yeah, it looks like he's golfing a lot and fighting with a 15-year-old uh, Swedish girl. But what he's really <laughs> doing is preparing for this the, the storm, the storm that's coming, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And now that he's about to lose office, I just wonder, and we've talked about this before, about doomsday cults with a very specific date and what happens after that date expires, you know? Uh, sure. You know, there was the election. Oh, he's definitely going to win the election. That didn't happen. They're like, oh, nope, something else is coming. It's going to be uh, January 6th when Mike Pence refuses the election. He's like, sorry, guys, Trump's president. I, I won't sign it. It's done. And then that didn't happen. And now everyone's prepping for the assault on the inauguration or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Isn't like, there supposed to be another one? Uh, well, on the day this is released, I think there's supposed to be one on the 17th, right? Oh, who knows? Yeah, I've heard 17, yeah. 18, 19, 20, the lead up to the inauguration that there's sure. there's rumblings of now that people are actually paying attention to Parler um, and Facebook well, and these other, you know, rip. Well, you can't, yeah, rip Parler. But now that people are paying <laughs> attention, like, because, you know, leading up to January 6th, there was all kinds of communications that were recorded and public, like, hey, January 6th, get your guns, get your tear gas, get your get your masks, your armor, your helmets and shit. We're going to the storm the Capitol. We're going to storm the Capitol. Operation sure. Storm the Capitol. And then they're like, somebody stormed the Capitol. I mean, how did this slip by? I mean, these are obviously Antifa. Like, no, you know, no one told these people that you know, this is a spontaneous event. The you failing know. of law enforcement in all this is also very fascinating. Well, that's, that's what I was going to get to, and I think that was the core crux of the thing, is that I think Q sort of exposed how vulnerable we all are. Um, you know, you have the attack on the Capitol, which, what the fuck? You have the bombing in Nashville, which also was like, so just one guy with an RV can knock out communications and the emergency system in, in Nashville? and kind of Did he actually knock it out? I thought they had to divert flights because there was no, uh, it, it, it disabled an AT&T server that was handling communications within Tennessee. Wow. I'll I look thought deeper. Nothing. I didn't know anything happened, so that's news to me. The, I, I'm probably wrong. I the just place didn't. he blew up was an at and I knew that, but I thought it just did, like, uh, like you know, uh, damage to the veneer. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm vaguely recalling because I didn't pay much attention to it at the time, but I thought emergency services were down for 18 hours. Huh. That's why I thought we need to look it up, but I, yeah, I just remember obviously. that, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it was just kind of one of those <laughs> things, like, style. you know, one guy with an RV and some propane tanks, I guess, or whatever. Uh, I don't even know what he uses the bomb, but uh, can do a lot of damage. And it, it kind of comes to the point where you know you kind of I think society kind of functions and revolves around the idea that there isn't ten guys with guns with a plan who are fucking crazy. You know, like what would yeah. it take to actually work your way into a power plant? I used to work at power plants. Ten guys with a gun could shut down Central Florida's power. I'm just saying. I'm not Holy saying shit. you should do it, but. 
Yeah, this shut down communications from Georgia to Kentucky, affecting 911 call centers, uh, credit card services at businesses, all kinds of shit. Wow. Right. One fucking nut job who believed a conspiracy theory was able to do that. Now, granted, he was a nut job, but he also worked in that field, right? So, or his dad did, and he was like an engineer, I think. Sure, sure, sure. We won't. Um, we've, we've done enough speculation already. On this episode, <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything but, about him, but I, I, I know the uh, the vaguely the effects that he had, and and I think Q's kind of come to the point of view where it's like, well, you know, the storm's coming, and what's going to happen when it doesn't? And you know, these nut jobs are convinced, and this is kind of I was reading like some people are like, because they'll be like, I think they're coming to the front, and like, what do you think Q's going to do? And like, you know it, Trump's going to allegedly the word on the street is January twentieth, Trump is going to initiate global martial law. He's just going to go on TV, hey guys, it's global martial law, and every political leader that opposed him is going to be locked up, which is basically everyone but um, Putin and Kim Jong Un, and uh, you know. Um, Yeah, Ben Carson. Ben Carson, of course. (laughs) But um, (laughs) and that they're just gonna like round up all the liberals, and it's gonna be crystal knock. But the the idea that they don't understand, like they're like, no, it's not really. We're not Nazis, but it is gonna be crystal knock, where we go door to door and grab all the liberals and drag them to the street and lock them up and train them to the concentration camps and shit. So like, you have a certain percentage of like actual out Nazis in America, right? Right. And if if you distill down to just you know people that vote conservative the concentration gets a little higher and if you distill it down to people that support QAnon, i think the concentration is high enough that like they kind of just are wink wink nudge nudge nazis to each other a lot of them uh i mean they're certainly allied in spirit with the nazis i mean the whole idea of rounding up people and a (laughs) purified cultural ethno state and the whole like secret vilification of a group of people that need to be wiped out for society to flourish, you know, all that shit, you know, uh, I mean, Bolsheviks by any other name, you know? Yeah. It's at some point, at some point, this isn't a Venn diagram. It's just a fucking circle, you know? But I, 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 I'm, I'm hopeful because everyone's like gearing up for like marches on the state capital and stuff like that. And I'm glad that it seems like by and large, the narrative has completely shifted like if you, even if you're just a normal run of the mill enlightened centrist super punk or super chunch uh, yeah. uh, Republican that's like, well, you know, I mean, I don't agree with the attacks on the Capitol, but you know, we all know that there was fraud on the election. Like even them are kind of getting bullied by like, no, 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 you people are terrorists. Yeah, shut it's, the hell um, up. Yeah. It's gone beyond quiet enlightened dissent. Like, well, I just want to have a debate. I want to have a debate. No, 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 you guys are pieces of shit. We call you know. Yeah, and, uh, I'm, I'm seeing so specifically here in you know, uh, red as hell Texas. Right, I'm seeing a lot of people who were flout, you know, t- touting the whole stop the steal all over the place, blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, Biden stole it. He's doing it. The Chinese helped him, etc. Venezuela uh, and Dominion is run by Castro. Some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all like. They're all like, well, 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 no, 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 not, not this though. You yeah, know, you bit- know, I, I like democracy. I just, I just think we should ask some questions. Let's ask some questions, which, you, yeah. which we've all seen before. You come out strong, and then afterwards you get caught. You're like, all I'm saying is that I'm not so sure about the narrative from the Jews about the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> the, f- <laughs> the funny part is though. That since they lost both chambers of the Congress, they're not even going to be able to try to impeach him. Yeah. Uh, 
Which, I mean, by all means, impeach Joe Biden. I don't give a shit. It's just, they're not gonna. <laughs> I've been seeing that, too. Like, well, they're gonna arrest Joe Biden. I'm like, I don't even know. I mean, maybe, I, I, probably I'm on the outside of it, so I don't know. I, I mean, I know plenty of Republicans who seem to have no concept of what the first impeachment was even about. Or yeah. what was uncovered during the Mueller report? They just, they, you know, like, I don't know, they impeached him over nothing. I'm like, ah, yeah. how do you not know? Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Uh, who knows? You know uh, what? They would have been able to arrest uh, Joe Biden, except the one cop that was capable of it, they beat him to death with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> That's Damn actually, let's, let's start that conspiracy theory where the whole Capitol raid was a... Um, was a cover so that a yeah. couple of rogue agents could get a fire extinguisher and beat that one cop that was going to do it to death. The only one who was capable. It was Q. It was Q. It was Q. That was Q. All right. All right. Brian, <laughs> whatever the fuck his name was. Don't even know. Sisnick. It's a weird name. Uh, confirmed Q. Yeah. <sighs> uh, last thing, but and then we can get to the Bible here. Did you see that like so many of the people that are getting arrested and or identified from the uh, storming the Capitol are cops. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, who's surprised? Uh, cops, <laughs> ex-military. I saw a thing where um, some school teachers got fired for yeah. being at the place. I don't even know if they broke in. No one, they, they, were, they just were like, oh, you went to the Capitol? All right, you're fired. Like, oh, no, I was just protesting outside. Doesn't matter. You're supposed to be a teacher. You're supposed to know an ounce about... Um, how civics. civics, yes, civics, or how this country's yeah. fucking run, and uh, we just can't have you near children. You're a fucking loon, and I like it. I think it's funny. Yeah, uh, I'm I bullying don't. some guy that uh, that just got fired from his job. Well, Good. okay, he he got hired, and before he even started, he got fired because they realized that he used to work on the Trump campaign, oh, and of course, God. everyone's like, "Where's free speech?" Da, 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 and I'm just being so mean oh, because yeah. the job the job was to be a concierge for a private jet company i'm like oh no they took away your your job <laughs> <laughs> i would love it if they just bring in some mexican that doesn't even speak english be like this is now this this is a concierge for a luxury um plane company i mean i don't want to i don't want a concierge talking to me personally yeah i mean but i think concierges are kind of voluntary i've never spoken to a concierge where i was like hey where's the concierge i need to know where the nearest and i mean i don't know they don't like me either because i'll be i'll be like okay here i'm on business where's the concierge i've heard through movies that you know where prostitutes can be found is that <laughs> is that true i'm in st louis i want to find a prostitute a st louis <laughs> prostitute it's not so much that you needed one as you needed to dispose of one, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not the the sex that I'm into; it's the strangling. But I still gotta, you know. I've been saying I'm in a new city. I want to throw it into a river. I want to, you know. I want, I want to, I want to confuse the shit out of those cops because I'm never in St. Louis. But um, I actually think of that Borat when Borat had the guy. The, apparently, he they cut it. Not oh. Borat, obviously. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Right. Uh, he approached a concierge at a Vegas hotel and was like, I need to find young boys or whatever. Right. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I know someone that can get them for you. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa uh, oh, the one he reported to the FBI. Yeah, yeah. he's like, we're not like, airing that. And he he's, told like, the FBI, he's like, he's like, now that's a concierge. He's like, he's like, he's like, did Ted Cruz send you? <laughs> that's our fucking uh, password. Uh, all right, let's get to the Bible. I mean, I'm yeah, like, for real. Fucking place we it. could just, things have been far too interesting in the world. I know, but brighter, but a brighter day. 2021, regardless, it, it, it to me, it's funny as hell. Yeah, you gotta love shit it. about the Capitol. I think it's funnier the aftermath. I think Congress people should live in fear. I uh, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the okay. Revelations podcast. I'm Cole Deluski, 
and I'm Grant DeVoist, yeah, and we're on episode it. 119. 119. That's yeah. almost 120. Has no real significance, but just for for any of our uh, math fans out there. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Breaking new ground with that one. Uh, yeah, episode 119, we are in the book of Nehemiah still. And we're going to wrap it up today, I'll say. I'm going to go we're on We're going to do it. Even if this has to be a fucking long... I mean, sometimes we do short episodes. This one's going to be a long episode. The audience can't see it, but I'm pointing to the stands, Babe Ruth style. What's weird is I can't even see it either. It's off camera, your stupid fucking hands. So. Uh, it probably just looked like I was doing one of those Hitler salutes. It looked like a Hitler salute, because all I could see was like... I was pointing. Look, I'll do it shorter. Oh, yeah, all right. Because I, I just saw the base of the wrist, and I was like, what is he... <laughs> What's he up to? Anyways, we should Photoshop. We should we should Photoshop pictures of Babe Ruth pointing the stands and just add the rest of the figures. So it's like, my God, <laughs> that's dedication to Hitler right before you play a game of ball. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, um, so we are in Nehemiah, like I said, and starting off this week in chapter ten. Um, basically, what we've been talking about for a while now is the revitalization of Jerusalem, rebuilding walls. More recently reestablishing customs, breaking out the books of the law, going over what they should have been doing all this time and what a bunch of fuck-ups they are, mind you. Yeah, we really do need to cover that when we finish this episode. So the last episode, we talked about how Nehemiah and Ezra are like basically rebuilding Jerusalem and the Israelite yeah. people, I guess the Judeans, the Jews. Let's call them the Jews from here forward. Yeah. Um, ne- Ezra and Nehemiah are kind of rebuilding the Jews. They're rebuilding the walls. They're resettling the, the, the capital. They're reinstituting their culture and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. And in the last episode, they signed a new covenant, which is a contract between them and God. Yeah. Okay, we fucked up, but we're going to be good now. And we specifically have these outlined things that we promise we're not going to do. We're yeah. going to pay our tithes. We're going to observe the Sabbath and the feast and the Jubilee, and we're going to stop fucking Canaanites or whatever. I, I guess Canaanite is a an outdated term for these people by now, just pagan pagan nations that surround yeah, them. Yeah, what have you. Ammonites, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What I like to picture is, so Nehemiah and Ezra are like this one-two punch system. I like to see Nehemiah as Sylvester Stallone in Creed, the new movies, right? Where he's like this old dodgy character working on the physical side of Israel, getting them strong, okay. getting them ready to fight, take a punch from the locals. Mm-hmm, and then you've mm-hmm. got Ezra, who is like Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting. He's oh. working on the inside. He's working okay. on making us resilient and making sure that we love ourselves, etc. So get over that molestation. Yeah. And rip. Okay. So the two of them, boom, boom, they're taking care of every, all the needs of the, of the uh, Jewish people, uh-huh. you know, security at home. But also making sure that they are right with God. Making Israel great again. Most importantly, not marrying any outsiders. Yeah. <laughs> like was, that's the overarching That's the overarching thing. thing. Well, I mean, purity. Like, and, and I think it's kind of funny. It's like uh, women out there. It's like when you take back your cheating dog husband and he's like, okay, here's my five-point plan to, to learn from my mistakes. No more drinking. No more going out to the uh, strip club with the boys after work. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to cancel my OnlyFans, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then and then you're like, okay. And then he signs the little the, the contract. Like, okay, this is what I need for you to move back in the house. He's like, I got it. I know what I'm up to. I, 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 you can trust me this time. Yeah, for sure. And that's how Chapter 9 ended was with them actually 
signing, all the leaders basically signing this agreement, sealing it. Mm-hmm. And chapter 10 starts by listing everyone who actually was important enough to seal it. Of course, it starts with Nehemiah, the governor of Which is kind of, of interesting Israel. that Ezra isn't the first. Because Ezra, I, was, I don't even know where the fuck is I was about to get to that. Oh, right. Ezra's not in it. That was my big point. Mm-hmm. Um, it lists a bunch of basically like priests and uh, Levites that were all involved in signing it and different like leaders of the people uh, more like politically. No, no Ezra. Hmm. Kind of strange because uh, he's just the one that like led this whole charge. I, I mean, I don't know if it's we, we could we could make any some submissions as we might. Uh, yeah, it is a contract from the people to sure. obey God. I mean, Ezra's kind of more like a broker amongst in this deal, where sure. you know Nehemiah is the leader of the people. It's kind of up to him to sign one side of the contract and God to sign the other. Yeah, maybe uh, Ezra is like God in this thing. You know, he's just like overseeing the documentation and the the routine. You know, maybe he's more like a Mike Pence character. You know, he's yeah. not really he's not really a part of it. You know, you can't ask too much of him. He's just there to make sure all the the signatures get on there. You know. Yeah, it's weird that it does, my my concordance doesn't mention anything about it. Um, which I don't know. That's you'd think that they would at least try and explain it away. But I mean, we just did. We mm-hmm. fucking explained it away. Why couldn't they? It's like we we care more about the Bible than the concordance people. We care more about the Bible than the Bible does. More yeah. than God. Um, well, it's a book, so they so can't care. you know basically the rest of the people, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers who they keep referencing. I mean, I guess this is like an important already establishing the power of the uh, you know the liberal elite. Yeah, that the singers are now in- involved in every single fucking thing. The Tom Hanks. Of the uh, well, I guess Tom Hanks is the Lady Gaga's and Jennifer yeah. Lopez's of the world are already entrenched. You know that was a pretty good. I don't know if you knew, but Lady Gaga just it was announced she's going to be at Biden's inauguration I know. to sing with so. J Lo and Tom Hanks. Yeah. I, yeah. I I okay. I, I, I spent a lot doing. of time on 4chan. All right, gotcha. Oh, <laughs> I know who okay. the targets are. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, continuing. So yeah, it, it basically says here's all the folks that signed it. Yada yada yada. Of course, then we fall back to the one most important rule. For all of the Jews, we promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the peoples around us or to take their daughters for our sons because you can't mix race. Do you think they're just jealous of those big, thick, uncut cocks? You know, they're like, we're not going to let our daughters and wives intermingle when we're basically fighting under a handicap. Didn't they probably also circumcise around there? I don't know. I mean, it's such a big, a decent chance. I doubt highly that um I would say not the Persians, but I'm talking about like the Ammonite, the very close cultures that are literally the same peoples. If mm-hmm. you go back a few, you know, enough generations, I feel like they were Abrahamic. Um, right. Cause like well, Esau, Esau's <laughs> people, which are the, um, the Edomites. Edomites and stuff. But they that's not been, the Moabites or the Ammonites who were descended I know, from, but uh, what's his face? Lot. Who's that? Lot, 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 Lot. Who also would have been circumcised. No, no, no. Well, I can't yeah. remember. We'll have to go back and check because Lot and that whole fucking thing happened immediately after God first told him, hey, you're going to have a kid. And like his wife was like, fuck you. And he's like, what'd you say, bitch? And he's like, nothing. Wasn't saying nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then circumcision doesn't take place until, I don't know, I want to say... No, the covenant of circumcision is chapter 17 mm-hmm. of Genesis. Right. And then the uh, Sodom and Gomorrah happens in 18 and 19. How could that? 
they made Lot get circumcised, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's right. God tells Abraham, you're going to have a son. By the way, here's the law. You have to get circumcised. Yeah. So I think. And I then think... we made that joke because Abraham writes a letter to Lot. Hey, man, spoke to God. He's like, oh, cool. My brother's talking. He's like, by the way, you got to cut your dick off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Wow. So obviously that doesn't mean that they preserve the tradition, but that's at least some possibility. Well, that's probably that it... where that story comes from is that at least they had that in common. You know, yeah. the Ammonites and the Moabites are cousins. What do we have in common? Anyways, this whole tangent, just for me to, to cut off your dick joke, no pun intended. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, but you're not supposed to marry your daughters and wives to these uh, uncut, maybe semi-uncut pieces yeah. of shit that surrounds you. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not they follow the same traditions, they're not us. All right. Right. You know, Hatfields and McCoy style. And, and it's kind of weird because we've seen this before. Maybe not so immediately juxtaposed on each other, but he's like, yeah. okay, we agree. We're not going to marry the wives. We're not going to do business with foreigners on the Sabbath. We're yeah. going to do the tithe. We're going to, you know, remember Jubilee and, and we're going to. Yeah, every seven years, we're going to let the land rest, etc. We're going to do the fucking feasts like we fucking talked about, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. So basically, it is just really going over what already happened in chapter nine, like reaffirming that that this is what we're going to do. Um, what is funny is to determine um, whose families are going to bring the contribution or who of the families are going to bring contributions um, for the uh, of wood for the altar. They they like cast lots or roll dice. That happens a lot in the Bible. We haven't done it in a while. Casting lots. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of shit that was very specific in reference that you just never hear about. Uh, yeah. What was that? Those two there stones? There was the coin flip thing. Yeah. There was the, the Urim and the Septum or whatever the fuck they were. And it was part of the priest's clothing, right? Yeah, and they, yeah. Could, like, they had take two stones that they would use to interpret the will of God through a coin toss. You know, very yeah. real. Um, nothing to look through in there. And you, you very hear about it very rarely. I don't know if any of these things, because you heard it once. They're like, by the way, here's what they, you know, in, um, I think Leviticus or Deuteronomy, any of those stupid fucking chapters, where they have like two chapters on just what the afad looks like. The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. How to make it all the different, you know, there's just, uh, like a precious stone for each. Right, right. Uh, right. Tribe, tribe and stuff. Know, and all the yeah. bullshit, you know, and they had this two, the two specific. Yeah, so I want back. to say it was one light stone and one dark stone, and then they kind of. Yeah, it was like whichever one lands. Who knows? The point is, I don't think anyone knows specifically. Is the point, um, but they're back to that. So I guess it's kind of, you know, uh, harkening back to the ephod and all that. With this, we're casting lots to see who brings the, the uh, offering. Um, it, it is kind of funny to think of like the people interpreting the will of God basically being uh, Two Face from the Batman series. You know, yeah, he's like, "What's yeah. going to happen with you?" He's like, "Well, let me just flip these rocks and to death, to death, put them to death." They're like, you didn't even catch it. How'd you? He's like, yeah. "I knew where it was going to land." I prefer uh, Shigur. <laughs> God that's, just that's, walking around with a cattle. He's uh, like, cattle yeah, 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 yeah. He's just killer. like, "How much have you ever? What's the most you've ever lost on a coin toss?" I'm like, what? <laughs> Dude, I'll be in this religion for sure. I would love it if that's what happens. Like, the, the priest just walks into your home uninvited. You're like, what's up? He's like, I noticed your kid's got the wrong color eyes. And you're like, he, he's okay. Like, and he's like, let's get the coin out. Hello, friendo. You don't have to do this. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, we love that movie. Um, yeah. So anyway, but basically, yeah, they 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 cast lots to see who's going to. Ultimately, they're talking about like, okay, let's reestablish the rules for the temple, and part of that is you know people got to pay their fucking tithes and their taxes and bring wood for the altar and bring blood and shit. You know, it's all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they keep talking about it. You know, okay, we got to make sure that everyone knows to bring things we got to make sure that uh they, they decide to make some storerooms so that you know you have extra god shit on hand I don't let's know. um let's find a rabbi on twitter okay. that we can bring on the show who won't freak the fuck out yeah we need someone that's who can uh, explain something progressive we're about to get to the end of nehemiah and something i'm thinking about now is when we were first talking about the altar we were like that's really a, it, the altar's a really fucked up thing it's a giant basin of blood basically that they burn things on and fat yeah uh, and spray with blood like animals and it's covered in whoa, bull whoa. imagery okay. you know well savages i think is the correct term um sure. i mean it rocks it rocks but you... you know it's covered in bull imagery and they're just uh, flailing blood all over it it's got a you know it's got a burn for all time and fat and stuff and I remember thinking to myself, that's not what they do now, right? Like, when did that change? And I was assuming that somewhere down the line, they'd be like, yeah, we don't need that shit no more. Because we've seen that before where they're like, yeah, God says, you know, fuck that shit. We don't need to worry about that. There's actually a really interesting answer to that. And they don't do sacrifices anymore because when the second temple was destroyed, uh, you know, way back a long ass time ago, I think like first century AD, uh, Without a temple, you can't have these sacrifices, basically. Without a house of God. Mm-hmm. And they don't have one still. Oh. And so they actually use prayer to atone for their sins instead of sacrifices. Oh, that's fucking convenient. The orthodox idea is that once the coming of the Messiah happens, because obviously they're not big fans of the Jesus guy, I can't blame them. Uh-huh. Uh, then, and the temple is reestablished, that's when sacrifices will kick back off again. Well, Jews are notoriously anti-socialist, so. I don't understand. Because Jesus is a commie. Oh. No, Jews are famously socialists, though. No, no, that can't be true. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're just people, but okay. So is that the argument? <laughs> uh, agree to disagree. Um, so, <laughs> Jesus listen, Christ. listen, I told you. Doing a lot of time on 4chan. Um, anyway. So. Um, so, yeah, so whatever. They, they, they got it. They're like arguing about who can... Um, build the altar and maintain it and all that other bullshit. And that's, um, and basically they make a, 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 you know, hey, the Levi's are going to um, collect the grain and fill up the storehouses and make sure they have wine and oil and take care of the house of God. And that's basically the end of 10. That's the, yeah, that's the gist of 10. So now we know, all right, we got the covenant. That's the idea. Now let's make sure we have some of the details worked out, right? Like, okay, yeah, we said we're, we're going to start our sacrifices and stuff again. Well, here's how it's going to be laid out. Um, chapter 11 is boring as hell. I, I, I think it's kind of interesting. So agree, disagree, but um, we, can, we, can, we can move through it quickly. Is that yeah. we've kind of mentioned in some of the, I can't remember which episode, they very specifically mentioned like, okay, this, like Nehemiah is like, okay, the city is rebuilt kind of. We yeah, but it's still wall. kind of a shambles. We have the wall, we have the gate, so at least the city's protected. We, we, we've dealt with the most immediate uh, issue of can we protect ourselves from invaders? But yeah. now, but the city itself, the interior is in ruins, which there would have been no point to like build up the 
the the the homes and the fields and stuff if you know a bunch of ammonites are just going to roll in and fuck it up for you anyway. Got to get the wall. Done. Of course. But now that the wall's done and they're christening it and they've got the covenant set up, it's like okay, we got to figure out who's going to live in the city. And it's kind of interesting because this is Jerusalem, the city of David, the house of God, and they're like forcing people to live there. Like we have to uh, conscript people to fucking actually live in this fucking city. It, it, it's how Gotham should be, really. Like, yeah, people are like, you gotta live in it. Like, who's gonna live in this town where the fucking Scarecrow's attacking every other week? Like, well... It's like New Orleans. <laughs> like, okay. it got wiped the fuck out, and right. it's like, alright, well, we need someone to go live there so that we can have, like, beignets again, or whatever. Right, uh, right, exactly. So, what the, the Jews do is, again, they turn to casting lots, because luck of the dice, baby. And one out of every ten people from the like surrounding areas where the Jews are just spread out around Israel have to come live in uh, Jerusalem and like reestablish the city and basically get things working again. Yeah, I'm trying to. It, it's definitely like uh, I almost feel like there's like it's like a been a zombie apocalypse almost. And they're like, hey, we need people to like take over the dam. You know, because yeah. that's where our power comes from. It's a big, it's a major issue for us. And everyone's like, I don't want to live at the dam. That's like the main choke point. That's like fucking zombie city. You're like, well, we got to have somebody do it, you know. So we're going to just conscript you. And one out of ten of you have to go go there. The rest of you can stay in the outlying areas where it's safer, I guess. But yeah. the people that actually live in I don't see how, the, but sure. Well, Jerusalem's the, the tank. It's the aggro. If you're going to attack anywhere, you know, it's like why I wouldn't live in like D.C., you know, like, I'm just not yeah, trying to get yeah, fucking yeah. gassed. You know? It's why I don't live uh, in a cardboard box in front of any AT&T buildings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, like, would I be able to prevent something from happening? Probably, but it's dangerous. It's why I don't hang out in front of John Travolta's house, you know? I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not stupid. Yeah, you may have giving him massages. Okay, right. so what they do is then the rest of the chapter, basically, is listing off who was selected to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh So, you know, you got descendants of Judah and Benjamin. You have groups of priests, groups of Levites. You got a couple guys that were tagged to be the gatekeepers. A couple of singers. Obviously. (laughs) Imagine Jerusalem without singing. I just, it's not. I don't know. It's like Venice without little stupid boats. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be like (laughs) Palestine without carpet bombs, you know? Uh, So, yeah, they basically got all these guys here. And it, it goes on listing, you know, um. There's there's like surrounding settlements with people working fields because you got to have your food and blah blah blah. Yeah, I That's mean cool. we we don't need to spend too much time on eleven. No, uh, they 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 force a bunch of people to come and live in the city, but they are taking volunteers and they're like, oh God bless you. Like they make a serious issue. Like they bless people who like, I'll live there. Fuck. They're like, oh you brave stupid soul. Um, and then they <laughs> uh, then they define who you know did agree to live there, and then they basically and then also the surrounding cities where the farms and stuff are also populated. You know. True, 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 true. Uh, that's chapter 11 in a nutshell. And, and, and just to sum up, we're only talking Judeans, Levites, and Benjamins. Correct. There's not there a mention no of a single tribes. other tribe. No. Which I, I, I think, and we'll cover this probably at the end too, but we're going to do a Nehemiah recap because that's what we do. Yes. And I think. Regrettably. What's, what's after this? Esther? I think Esther is still kind of a uh, historical narrative section. Because when uh, we sure. when we officially finish the historical narrative section, and it might be bef- it might be right after this episode, yeah, I want to do a full on recap of how little God cares about a, a human beings. 
Sure. Esther is very Nehemiah-like, that she is like involved in Persia stuff, so that's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. She's a refugee. Interesting. Can I, but, now, obviously, we should save this for Esther, but isn't that... I've never actually met an Esther in real life, but it is a hot-ass name. Uh... Yeah, I always assumed an Esther was like an elderly grandma who like lives next door, and she's constantly they used to be really hot. Used to be really hot, and is still yeah. a freak. And she's like, "Boys, can <laughs> okay. you help me move my massage table?" And you're uh, like, okay. "Okay." She's like, "It's too heavy." I used to give great <laughs> massages, and like you, you come in her house, and like, "Where's the table?" She's like, "It's upstairs." And you you're like, "Rip okay. off her mask, and it's John Travolta." Yeah, again, <laughs> but you know, it's just like you know, she can still give you a handy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You fucking go up Turn you cock. into a man. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> chapter 12 um, is, the f- at least the first half of it Your is dick pretty will boring. Reek of Werther's Originals. <laughs> I don't think I would mind that at all. No, nah, I wouldn't uh, either. I'm not, I'm, not, it, I'm not ageist. You know? The first part of chapter 12 is just a list of the priests and the Levites. Um, 15 years old. That's like I got a job to okay. do. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah, it's a list of people per use. Uh, yeah, um, here's a list of the priests. We don't give a shit about any of these no. people. There is a Jeshua, which I think is cool because isn't that like Jesus? Joshua? That's Jesus's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it was already. I mean, it makes sense that Jesus, being a Jew, would have a Jew name, and that you know. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> so they talk about all the family heads and yada yada yada. There's a bunch of it. Levites. Oh, I guess that's the other tribe, huh? Didn't think about that. What, Judeans, Benjamites, Levites? I said that. Yeah, I know, but I just, for me, Levites is so um, equivocal to, like, priests, mm-hmm. like a job versus a tribe that I totally skipped over that until I was saying it right now. Well, that, Levites yeah. is its own thing. It's the sons of Aaron that are... That are specifically uh, priests. priests. Yeah, yeah. But, but the Levites are all in that, they're in the same sector or whatever, right, you know? right. Regardless, I mean, I think um, I think all the Levites kind of still are related to it. Like they just might be gardeners for the church. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. They just there there's some sort of clergy related right. thing. Um. So yeah, there is three tribes left. I guess we're down to twenty five percent. Uh. Okay. Then we get the into also. Out. Yeah. How, we get into well. I feel like it's technically an upshot from your math earlier today. Um, this is a math podcast. It is a math podcast. You know what? Three first divided like twelve divided by three is. We're going to get into numerology eventually. Yeah. Um, okay. The next part of chapter 12 is dedication of the wall. The wall has been built. It's big. It's beautiful. It's the best wall you've ever seen. Right. Uh, and we're about it. How much? Not not to get. A lot of people were talking about Trump's wall because like right after the, the first thing he did, the only real public expe- uh, speaking experience he did after the riots was he went to go dedicate the wall very much like Nehemiah is doing. You know? Uh-huh. And yeah. it, did you see it? Did you argue? Man, we, this is cold opening material, but it was kind of because he's like, by the way, I never said violence. Also, this is the beautiful wall. We can't let Biden take it down. And it's Ugh. like 95% of the so-called work he's done has been upgrading wall that already existed. And then I want to say like less than 15 miles of new wall. I don't know. That's if it's, a long way. I mean, that's still something, you know, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah, that's more than half a marathon. I didn't see any fucking trumpets there. Some more math for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this this wall unveiling is way more badass. Uh, they've got two entire large choirs to give thanks. Gotta get the choirs. Um, 
They've got that's all. That's the only part I underlined in this whole section. <laughs> Both with Thanksgivings <laughs> and singing with symbols, symbols and string instruments and harps. I don't think symbols are great. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's probably all they had. Uh, you know, symbols you want them once, just a couple of bangs at the end. You know, I, I wouldn't. If I just saw a, a couple of guys banging symbols like a chimpanzee, I, you know, I don't know. yeah, not for yeah, me. True. Um, they've uh, they're singing an opposite. There's like this whole uh, dueling piano situation going on. You got the two choirs singing back and forth. It's really cool. Um, just giving thanks to God, all praise, all happiness. No, nothing morose here today. Um, uh, so there's also it for some reason it mentions that they uh, at this point they also put men in charge of the storerooms um, to keep an eye on contributions. So like earlier had mentioned that they were going to set up the storeroom. Now they're actually doing it. That's where all the olive oil and stuff that came in for the uh, the priests and sacrifices and stuff is stored. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing that interesting in the, the, nothing. The it was just 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 know that like he the whole I mean whatever the the actual text here is just Nehemiah is like hey the wall's fucking built I'm commemorating it which we've done twice now he, he he's done multiple instances where he's like hey the wall's built they're like great um but maybe on top of now the covenant whatever all it means um yeah women and children screaming they all fucking love it great rejoice and the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off good. Um, the end of chapter 12 is just laid out temple responsibilities, you know, what the singers yeah. do, what the gatekeepers do, blah, 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 the holy people consecrated holy things. Sacred. It is interesting. It mentions that all Israel contributed uh, the daily portions for musicians and gatekeepers. So basically, they're civil servants, right? They're getting their paycheck. They get to eat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're, doing, they're doing important work, more than like USPS. Yeah, and it's kind of a funny little hierarchy. It says they also set aside portions for other Levites, and the Levites set aside portions for the descendants of Aaron, like the actual priests. There's like a whole little, you know, everybody pays the next boss up, you know what I'm saying? Actual functioning trickle-down economics. Yes, yes, trickle-up economics, actually, (laughs) but sure. That's true. Uh, That's the end of Chapter 12. Yay. Chapter 13, the last chapter in Nehemiah, Um, and it's actually a little bit more interesting than the last couple. Yeah, I mean, so last episode we ended with, hey, we agree these are all the issues of the covenant that we're going to keep. And then at the beginning of this episode, we kind of talked about Nehemiah, like, all right, you guys are definitely going to fucking, like, not intermarry. And they're like, yeah, we told yeah. you, you've, you've said it eight times, Nehemiah, we got it. They're like, all right, yeah. and you're going to fucking remember the Sabbath and the feasts? And they're like, yes, yes, go. You're fine. He's like, I got to go back to the king. They're like, yeah, it's fine here. And they're like, you're not going to yeah, have a party while I'm gone? You're not going to do a bunch of meth in the living room? No. Yeah. yeah. We got this. It's, yeah. After 12 years, he goes back. 12 years a, a Jew. This could be a movie about Nehemiah's life. Um, so, I, well, what's happening? Well, it brings up a... So, let, let, yeah, let's get into it. Because I, I didn't even... Honestly, I didn't remember... it. I read it. Didn't remember this part, and now I'm like reading again just because we're we're talking about it. Do you remember yeah. Balaam? Remember that shit? Yeah, well, I was about to talk about that. All right, do it, do it, because I, I so chapter thirteen opens up, and they're talking about these pesky neighbors, right? Um, they're so they're saying first off, no Ammonite, no Moabite should ever be admitted into the assembly of God. Like that Racers. seems kind of obvious to me um, that they shouldn't be allowed to like come into the temple or whatever, or into the like. Uh, I don't know, a worship service, we whatever do hate they call them, it. Yes. Yes. Here's why. 
the reason that they're not allowed to be in the presence of like some God shit is because specifically of the Balaam situation. If you remember when Moses was leading the people out of the desert at one point, there are some Moabites and Ammonites that are sort of not pumped about the Israelites or, you know, whoever they, we want to call them coming through their lands. And the Israelites are like, no, we're cool. We're just going to walk through yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Moabites and Ammonites go and find a prophet or a, whatever this guy is, Balaam, right? The donkey boy. Yeah, the talking donkey guy. And they say, hey, Balaam, we need you to curse these guys for us, which would have worked, by the way, I believe. According to the, I think that's the yeah, canon. Yeah, it was something he was going to curse them. I mean, I, honestly, I, I, if I had, if the name had meant anything to my brain the first time I read this, I would have done the research. Because the whole well, point, I remember. All right, go for it. Because it was the whole yeah. angel standing in the road and like the donkey was like, shut the fuck up, bro. And he's like, I got to go. I can only say what God tells me. They pay Balaam to curse the Israelites in the way that you might go to say a voodoo uh, store in New like a corny voodoo store in New Orleans and pay someone to do a voodoo doll. Or if you're like George ex. Soros paying a bunch of Antifa to storm the Capitol. Exactly. So he's on his way to do it because fuck it. You know, mm-hmm. man's got to eat. And an angel stops him. Well, they threaten him. He can't even him. see it. That, that, that's it's, part of the story. Of course, of course, whatever. Threat. I mean, that back in the day, that's you take that for granted. Right. Um, <laughs> an angel stops his donkey because he, and basically he was going to get his head cut off by an angel um, and if he went on to do it. Mm-hmm. So he stops, he doesn't do it. There's like two rounds of this. Finally, he ends up there, and instead of bless or instead of cursing the Israelites, he has to bless them because that's what God gives him. Like he, you know, the man's stuck between a rock and a hard place. And then, in fact, even though he blessed them, uh, they kill him later, right? Yeah, they kill him and they misconstrued it because yeah, he goes up and he's like, "Oh God, the fucking balls of the Israelites! How I wish I could suckle them," you know. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. look at him, so fucking hairy. Oh, I love these guys, you know." And then it was like. Okay, and then later they behead him because he, he helped accepted, the bad guys because he accepted uh, the contract in the first place, which you know? he had no choice. Come on, yeah, and also he didn't fucking know. I don't know. It's a stupid fucking story. The Bible's bullshit, but th- yeah, they're, they're and that t- story, which is what a thousand years old at this point, at yeah, least. But because of that one incident, you know, the, the idea of these Jews, right? Where they're like, oh, we can't forgive that incident. We're not that kind of people that we can forgive one fucking incident that ever happened. But you yeah. guys are just finished talking about all the different times you were absolute pieces of shit. Yeah. And are like, yeah, but that didn't really count. Yeah. And so they're looking to something that happened a thousand years ago as a reason to be racist, which that's impressive. I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Jesus. Yeah. So. Um, Elishab, this priest, gets put in charge of the storm. Again, totally changing gears here. All right, so now we know no uh, no foreign descendants around, okay? Right. Um, There's this priest that gets put in charge of the storerooms. He's the top guy, Eliashib. Now, problem. Mm-hmm. He is closely associated with Tobiah, who, if you remember, is the Ammonite. That was kind of jeering at the at the Jews while they were building the wall. I mean, Tobias kind of an interesting character. He really came into. I'm not even sure if he was in the group that um, was shitting on Israel. He he sort of comes more into vogue when Nehemiah is talking about people that he's jealous of, kind of. You know? Okay. Yeah. Like they yeah. were like, "Hey, we got to separate ourselves from the Ammonites and the Moabites," and Tobias kind of shows up later after that event. 
to be like, oh yeah, and I've got lots of money and I've got lots of friends, you know, and I'm kind of in, I'm kind of political and in the community. He seems to me more like a Hillary Clinton character, you okay. know, where we do hate this guy for sure, <laughs> yeah. but we're not yeah. quite sure why. And it's something to do with wickedness, something a, a vague sensa- a vague sensation of wickedness, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's fair. But um, this whole time, it kind of states that previous to the it's a little bit of time travel because basically they're saying like oh yeah i'm about to explain an event that occurs now as i'm writing contemporously but prior to this just so you're aware a little bit of backstory eliashib the head priest at the time and tobiah are like buddies and eliashib is allowing him preferential like is like doing some corrupt shit where he's letting tobiah have a special pace place in the temple you know some pay for play shit well, yeah, just some room to store some of his shit. Now, let's remember. Quid pro Joe, you know. I think Tobiah, we had established, was in some way Jewish, or at least some Israelite adjacent, right? Yeah, he's connected to the community for sure. And we don't know yeah. exactly in what way. It's possible that he's just one of those uh, half-breed kids that he kicked out a little while ago that, you know, he's still connected to the community, you know. Yeah. Now, this basically goes down. Um, right as Namai has to go back to Persia, right? Because he's, you know, he's on the, the king's time. Um, yeah, Artaxerxes the first lent him out. Yeah, yeah. He, so he goes back after 12 years here of, as the governor, but only spends a little bit of time in Persia before he gets permission to go back to Israel. Because, I mean, shit, he was doing a good job, clearly. Um, he gets back and he finds out about this shit that... Uh, that the priest Eliashib yeah, is let, doing. Let's clarify. He he goes to Israel, acts as the governor, fixes everything up, then has to go back to Persia to like hang out with the king. And He's the claim is that during that time, the time where he was out of Jerusalem, not keeping an eye on shit, Eliashib yeah. and Tobiah kind of made this little corrupt deal. Yeah, you don't keep an eye on these guys for one second. Yeah, and then so the the point is of the story because we're going to get deeper into the events that occur is that basically Nehemiah is like, all right, you guys are good. And they're like, yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm going away on business. I'm going to be right back. You guys are going to be good. There's a fucking eighteen frozen pizzas in the freezer. That's good for the week, right? You guys are like, yes, we're fine. Go. (laughs) It's okay. And they're like, okay. And then he leaves for Persia for a very small period of time, and everything goes to shit by the time he comes back. Yeah. Well, let's not say everything goes to shit. Literally just the what goes to shit is that the priest in charge of the storerooms lets Tobiah have a little section of the storeroom that wasn't being used to store some shit for a little bit. He's being a bro. It's fine. Well, and all the other things that happen at the end of 13, that's all connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there. The point is that all we're talking about right now is that. Yeah. But obviously he gets back. He learns about the air quotes evil thing that Eliashib did. Uh, by providing him rooms, gets super pissed, throws all of Tobias' goods out of the room, and then gives an order to purify the room, which is, that's racist. I Sorry. mean, I, I think it's like, it's like, it'd be like if you go on a business trip and you tell your daughter, okay, I'm going away on business, you'd be good. We've used the analogy in the past, just now, actually. Uh, yeah. You come back after a two-week business trip and there's just this, her boyfriend's living in the attic? And you're like, what the fuck's up with that? She's like, I thought it'd be fine. He's like, no, no, no. And he just throws the shit out of the attic window and then sprays the whole place with Febreze and Lysol. And you're like, that's a lot. I mean, no, he made people like sanctimoniously purify it. Like, 
Well, that's uh, the point. The Lysol. You know, he's like, get that fucking bum out of here, and then we're going to spray it down because I don't like him. Do you really think Tobias' household goods smell bad? I don't think so. This is no, racist. I, don't, I mean, when I, I'm, I'm using Lysol as a fucking allegory for something. <laughs> I don't know. The point yeah, is they're purified. The guy like, who lives like, in the attic might actually be gross. Tobias like, not gross. He's a ruler. And he probably has a huge dick because – Nehemiah is okay. definitely jealous about him about uh, something, and he's been hearing all these yeah, rumors that, that make him feel very insecure. But well, I'm glad we covered that. Um, <laughs> it'd be like if, so you, it'd be like if you go a business, and then your wife's tennis instructor is living in the attic, and you're like, what's that about? <laughs> you know? I mean, that way she doesn't have to go all the way to the court. I get right. it. Yeah, so, you can carpool now. Yeah, I'm fine with this. Um, okay, he also finds out that's not the only thing that was fucked up, as Cole had alluded to earlier. Uh, the Levites aren't getting their full portion like they're supposed to, so the people aren't aren't coughing up their goods. Right. Um, the tr- and so go ahead. Yeah, just basically that you know he has to go rebuke these officials who are supposed to be overseeing these things, making sure that everyone's getting their piece of the pie. You know, because these guys don't actually work for a living. Yeah, <laughs> this is not a real job. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's basically in summary they listed out all these very specific things. You know, observe the Sabbath, no marrying inner women. You know, no marrying pagan women. Um, you know, no dealing with business with outsiders on the Sabbath, no making wine on the Sabbath, all this other bullshit. And then he leaves for a very short period of time just to check in with the king and come right back. And everything has gone to fuck, at least on those very specific things we just agreed to. I said no meth. There is a meth pipe on the fucking kitchen counter. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty bad. Um, that, that, <laughs> it took them no time at all. Which is kind of a classic maneuver. To break right? every single rule they just specifically outlined as an example of the things they had to do to be good to God. It, yeah. Yeah. So as he's as Nehemiah, who is writing this, is mentioning all these fuck-ups, he then goes into pleading with God mode for a second. So first he's like, all right, yeah, I get them going again. I get them giving their, their, uh, their tithes again. We get the ball rolling. And then he says, remember me for this, my God, and do not blot out what I have done so faithfully done for the house of my God and its services. So it's like, all right, man, like, Jesus, you're going to you. You made these words immortal that are you just being like, remember, I'm a good boy. I don't know. It's sickening. Uh, yeah, it, it's I mean, it's you know, it's I'm trying to think about what the analogy would be. It'd be like you're on probation. You're, let's say you, you picked your daughter up. She's been yeah. a shit, and she's on house arrest. And the judge very specifically had these list of rules. Okay, first off, uh, and some of them make sense, and some of them are kind of like, uh, that's weird that you have that. You know, First of all, no more meth, right? Second, yeah. no pooping on the walls and throwing your shit everywhere like it ain't. That's, that's a big one. Two, your boyfriend not allowed in the house anymore. You come back, boyfriend's living there. There's a meth pipe on the countertop. The bathroom covered in shit. You know, and you're like, oh, my God. And the parole officer showing up. You're like, hold on. I got to go talk to the parole officer and be like, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, we, we, we very specifically outline these things. She fucked up. But, you, you know, what I mean, like we got to. Uh. <laughs> you know, you know what? It, what's missing, though, from this story is that we don't know how long he was gone. That's so critical. And it's the Bible dropped the fucking ball yet again by leaving this out, because if he was gone for like two weeks or whatever, like basically traveled there, talked to the king and came back then they're awful. But if he was gone for like a few years, it's more like, okay, I can see it. It's like if the parents went on a multi-month vacation, they're expecting the house to be fucked up when they get back, kind of, right. you know? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would be, it would be, it would certainly be a lot funnier. <laughs> it was like two weeks. He's like, wait a minute, we just the agreed the, the ink is still wet on our covenant with God, and you're yeah. already fucking up. And can I say, where the fuck is Ezra in all this? You know, I, I mean, he's know. Big Daddy anyway. Well, the the argument is, is that uh, what the fuck is his name? Aloyda, Aloyda. Oh, that Al- priest. Al- 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 Maybe Ezra's Eliashib. dead. Eliashib is yeah. the new head priest who's dealing with this Tobiah guy. So it's it it, it go, it's the deep state. It's a, it goes to the highest level. The head. Well, do you think do like, you think Ezra's dead at this point? I mean, it didn't say when he died. So I don't think. Uh, the next book, Esther, allegedly has some like overlap. I think. Yeah. But I haven't seen anything about Ezra died, and maybe just the whole, you know, obviously deaths were much more significant in the previous books, and yeah. they talked about it more. Um, and usually it was like, and then such and such died and a bunch of people wept. I feel like this is such a small community that kind of just has got their own problems that I can imagine Ezra died and people being like, who? Whatever. Yeah. I got well, that's, maybe that's why sheep. he didn't sign that seal or something, too. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. It, just weird not- that he just sort of disappears in this point when it seems he would be the obvious point man for this shit. You know, you'd think he, anyway. ain't, he ain't no Elijah. I'll tell you that much. That's for day. Yeah. Elijah would have had everyone eaten by a mountain lion at this point. Hell yeah, now, brother. Uh, or bears or whatever. So uh, basically they keep going on. He, Nehemiah keeps on just lamenting all the shit he's seeing. Right. Oh, they're using their wine presses on the Sabbath. They're like, you know, remember that lady, <laughs> remember the lady on the wine press. You make that joke every single time we talk about a wine press. Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. There's a there's a famous news report in the Ugh. early days of YouTube where she falls while making wine. Yeah, I get it. I, I have not I, mentioned that in at least a only, year and a half. Only so barely related to what we're talking about and that they both involve wine presses. Well, I'm picturing someone's doing it on the Sabbath and he walks by them and shoves them over. Okay. And they, start, they start making those ladies' noises. Yeah, that's some great physical comedy. Uh, Listen, yeah, yeah. okay. I've never mentioned that before. You have mentioned it. I listen. I remember every. Find it. Find it. I'll fucking do it. I remember. We'll do it I actually recap. remember. I actually remember the two instances you mentioned it. We mentioned it talking about the uh, threshing floor from Ruth. For some reason, you mentioned it then. No, I didn't. And then we also mentioned it in um, Judges. Remember when they captured that guy and he was in his wine press hole in the top of the hill? Yeah. You think I don't remember this shit? I'm gonna go listen to the Ruth episode because there's only one, and I'm gonna find out if you're lying. Yeah, you'll see. And you'll have your comeuppance. Anyways, Bitch. Uh, there's people selling things on the Sabbath, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, he's pissed. No. Um, and so he's going around. I, I and love at the least- idea of him being like, whoa, guys, I thought I said we were going to close down businesses. And they're like, you're ruining the economy. <laughs> <laughs> Wear a fucking mask. Um, at least he goes to the leaders or the nobles of Judah and rebukes them. He's not just going off on the people, which is kind of nice, right? These guys should have fixed things. You know, because if your leaders aren't making you follow the rules, why would you follow them, right? Yeah, he's like, if I could murder people, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) He's like, like, didn't I warn you guys? Uh, And then he's like telling the Levites they should clean themselves and guard the gates. And in those days, I also saw Jews who had married women of Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. And half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod and could not speak the language of Judah. I love the idea of Nehemiah like hearing two people at the supermarket. Oh, this Ashdod, is exactly what it is. And he's like, you come to this country, you speak the goddamn language. <laughs> I mean, no shit. That's a, he is doing a level 10 xenophobia all he's the like, way. He's like, I see that kid's curly hair. I see his skin color. I don't like it. Yeah. 
He's awful. Um, and of course, bef- between rebuking them for not keeping the Sabbath and complaining about them speaking uh, Spanish, or I'm sorry, uh, Ashdod, uh, he also gets in another pitch to God. Remember me for this also, my God, and show mercy to me according to your great love. So he's like, hey, God, don't forget all this fucked up shit. Not my fault. Nothing to do with me. There, there, there's some interesting references here <laughs> baked into that. Uh, one of them ones, and this is kind of... <sighs> We've, we've talked in the past, and I feel like we don't care anymore because it's so baked into it about the kind of the misogyny of the Bible, if you can call it that. Um, and we talked about it in general, but here he specifically references the same thing we do, is that Solomon is considered one of the wisest. It specifically makes mention, uh, did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by those things? He's referencing uh, marrying pagan wives. Yeah. Yet among many nations, there was no king like him who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, pagan women caused even him to sin. He is pinning all of Israel's failings on, on that women. on women. Yeah, well, on foreign women. women. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like even yeah. Solomon. Why couldn't you? F- he's he's complaining to his subjects. Why couldn't you find a good Jewish girl? Hey, yeah, yeah. It's- yeah. <laughs> You know, like, um, <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me, and this is fucked up, of uh, Schindler's List, when um, yeah. when they're accusing Oscar Schindler of, like, banging Jew women, you know? And uh, Ralph Fiennes is like, listen, I know... Ray Fiennes, but yeah. Is it Ray or Ralph? It's Ray. It's spelled like Ralph. What a fucking loser. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, well, he's like, he's like, he's like, you've been marrying Jew women? Listen, I know they have a certain animal attraction to them, you know, and even Ugh. I have had feelings, per se, from my watchtower, but you can't act on them. You know, <laughs> he's like, he's like, even Solomon, I, uh, the greatest, wisest king of all time, uh, who made every other king jealous and knew a shit ton about trees, uh, even he was caused to sin because of the pussy. Yeah, it, hey, it'll bring it'll bring the biggest man down. It'll bring the biggest man down. Not Elton John, yeah. but no, Dick will bring you down too. Though I watched that movie Rocket Man. Yeah, Dick brought Dick brought him down. Dick so brought him low, huh? Really, any genitals you like, just don't let them right. run your life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder why they don't mention that more. Like for all the Bible talks about homosexuality, allegedly, it's very narrow in its scope. I haven't really heard about homosexuals outside of that one couple of verses from like Deuteronomy. Yeah. But it would, cause like there that's was like why some gays, that's why some gays think that they're going to skate through into heaven. Oh, they ain't we know. Though. We know. We know better. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's like, it's like, yeah, guys, we know how much that pussy can fuck a guy over. And then there's just two gay guys just hugging corners. Like, thank God we're not like them. He's like, you two are cool. <laughs> you two are fine. As long as it's Jew ass, you're plugging. Yeah. As long but, as he's Jewish. That's know. I feel like the more important part. Uh, and then to this a little, day in Israel, in fact. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit in here about how he finds two uh, Levite priests who had married. And um, Sambalot, uh, the Horonites, uh, had married uh, some children of his. And he drove them from him, you know, like exiled them and shit. So. Because they had defiled the priesthood, the covenant of the priest and the Levites. Thus I cleansed them of everything pagan. And I assigned duties to the priests and Levites, each to his service, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, you know, kind of the opposite of the Catholic Church, where when they find priests breaking the law, they actually treat them harsher. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, the opposite of cops. 
Although kind of in keeping, well, I was going to say a uh, Catholic priest as well, but he's like, listen, yeah. I'm just going to take you away from, him. I'm going to move you around. I'm going to send you to a different parish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not going to get in uh, so much trouble. Let's get you, let's get you a fresh batch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's send you with people who don't quite know what your crimes are and know to watch out. That'll fix it all up. Yeah. What you Indeed. need is the fresh start. <sighs> yeah. So he straight up purifies the priests and the Levites purifies. of everything foreign takes it all out of their lives and uh, sets up the provisions again. And then on his last note, as he wraps up his book, remember me with favor, my God, because why else would you write a book if not to make sure, you know, God let you into heaven or whatever. This yeah, guy, it's a pretty honestly, greedy memoir. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. Um, can't believe a word of it. Right. Yeah. Not a fucking letter. Yeah, it, it, I definitely. I mean, if we're going to talk about the author, ne- yeah. Nehemiah, Nehemiah, I'm just figuring out his name now that we finished it. Um, Nehemiah uh, definitely is pinning this from his perspective as if he's the one good guy in the whole fucking country. Uh huh. So yeah. I don't know, and it's definitely got some petty bullshit. I don't know. I probably probably can't believe a word of it. Probably no, highly that, politically motivated. I I assume that the names that he dropped. Right? Uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, There's Tobiah, the Horonite. The Ammonite. Tobiah. Yeah, those guys. Whatever his face, the Arab. They're probably great people. They're great guys. Well, they're probably just like normal dudes, you know, who are just like trying to get yeah, like. Uh, probably. You know, they're just running for city council and he's got a rivalry with them. I'm, I'm getting kind of a um, Carol Baskins vibe and Nehemiah is the Tiger Ooh. King in this situation where he's like, those fucking bitches. <laughs> it's like, well, it's not like okay. you're perfect. You know, like. Yeah, that might have I'm saying it. You yeah. know, like if, if you're if you're following him with the camera, like everyone else is kind of yeah. like, "What are those dudes doing over there?" Like, they're fine. Don't worry about them. I got things to deal with. Carol yeah, Baskins, okay. goddamn it! And you're like, all right. And they come from there, like what? I only know that show through like uh, internet references. I never watched it, but oh, okay. I get the gist. Yeah. But anyway, that's it. That's fucking Nehemiah. <sighs> Thank that's God, that's over. Tired of his ranting, his his egomaniacal screed. Let's um. Obviously, we're gonna do our full episode recap. We do it every time, unfortunately. Yep. Um. So we, I don't want to really do, want to do a few recap of the book, but let's definitely recap these few chapters a little bit more in detail. And it, I don't get it. I don't get it. I. It, it seems like such an urge to tell this story. But there's not much to it. I wonder why it's in the Bible. Maybe just because it's the highest level of account of this period of time, you know? Yeah. Like, there probably was some dude who knew how to read and write who just worked in, like, some extra who's like, yeah, man, they finally built the wall. That was pretty cool. But it's not from the governor himself who knows the king and can kind of provide that perspective, even though he's kind of a turd. Sure. But in summary... It just seems like it's like, oh, yeah, uh, there's so much of a theme of, yeah, we're the Jews and we fucking suck. And we're constantly wicked and God shows his mercy and we're not worth it. And we keep the second you put us on the right track, the second you lose eye contact with us, we gonna fuck up. And then they go to all this effort to sign a new covenant, explain the rules over and over and over again. And then they just keep fucking up. I'm going to say it. They're a lost cause. I, I don't know. I think that I like their their basis more than most uh, ancient religions as far as 
it's t- it's tough because they write their god as perfect, right? Which isn't normal, I think, in a lot of historical stuff. Gods are known for getting into trouble, etc. I don't Not know if it's, I don't know if God's perfect. I think they're just really good at excusing his behavior. Okay, fine, but they write him as perfect. You I know guess. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's they perfect. believe the way he that beats he is infallible. Then we earned it, you know. Yeah, he doesn't make mistakes. Everything's according according to plan. Even when he does make mistakes and admits it, he doesn't yeah. make mistakes. It, it reminds me that have you watched the Rocketeer? Uh, it's an old one. You've made this analogy three times now. Are you going to do the line where you're like, "It's all yes, part all of the right, show. fine, 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 <laughs> fine." You did that you're on really the episode where we did the flaming today. tornado. You know, and the people don't remember this, anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, he it's it's some bullshit. I think that. The way that they really pound on themselves, right, is actually, I don't know, it's like there's a, at least there's like some sort of self-reflection here on what they've done wrong that you don't see in a lot of, like, I guess, cultural writings. I don't know. I guess, but the self-reflection and what they did wrong is exclusively their devotion to God from the point of view of people writing the goddamn Bible. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if the average Jew is particularly bothered by a Shira polls that someone had years ago, except for the fact that they have a priest class ruling over them. That's like, yeah, your great great grandfather had some polls, and that's fucked up, bro. So you got to suffer. Sure, sure. And it's not like their wickedness. With very few, there's certainly it. It doesn't. It's not like it doesn't exist that there weren't some periods where they had general, genuine moral failings, but they are few and far between. You know, there's not a lot of talk of them doing evil deeds. It's mostly just paganism. You know, there was the guy that sacrificed his son. There were a couple of people who... The Benjamites. The Benjamites, yeah. The Benjamites definitely had a rough patch there that one time. But that's about it as far as, like, things that we would today look down on and go, boy, you guys are fucking evil. And yeah. deserve to be punished and cast aside. You know, the fact is that, that a fail? Is that a failing of the morality of modern man? No. If anything, I mean, I <laughs> I feel like we today are the most moral society, except for you know Republicans, are the most moral society that have ever existed. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I, I, you know, the the fact that we recognize slavery, well, who knows, who's to say? The fact that we recognize slavery is wrong, but own iPhones is a little bit of a fucky, fucky wucky, but, you know, yeah, like we definitely, yeah. definitely greed is a part of it. But, you know, we're coming from a group of people who consider raping women and cutting them open to be correct. Like, that is what you do when you take a village. You know, that's just part of the sure. spoils of war. I don't know if they're still doing that now. Well, they can't now because they've had their asses True. clapped. You know, I don't think. Um, <laughs> I don't think they would they've anyway. They've been schlogged. <laughs> well, they, know saying. they know not to hook up with uh, foreign women. Yeah, but what's the danger? Because because foreign women will decentralize the power of the church. Yeah, you know, if you're getting all that good, all that gussy. And then you've got, like, fucking a statue in your living room that you also burn incense to. Then your whole life isn't revolving around the church and your tithes and your taxes and your cattle and sheep that you have to bring in as offerings. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's a, it's interesting. I, I mean, there's really nothing like this, I don't think, right? Maybe maybe there's, like, some Chinese ancient texts that, that come close. But it's such an interesting 
look into well, we're certainly we're barely actually, we're barely we're barely literate on the bible or functional on the bible i certainly don't know shit about yeah like sumerian religions or 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 what was going on in egypt well, at the time or how they were i don't think there's anything this complete from it you know yeah there's nothing that survived to this level of like completion for sure you know from that so, long ago yeah anyway um that's that's nehemiah that's nehemiah well like like Cole said, we'll we'll circle back around uh, next in the middle of this week to uh, do a recap, but that should be pretty quick. He's a governor who tried to make Israel great again and built a wall, and is just the best. Yeah, he's definitely uh, the Bible Trump. Uh huh. So next up is Esther. Should be a good read. It's about he the same. He is length. the Bible Trump. I was just thinking about like some of the parts where he's specifically calling out people and being like, "And I don't like those guys. And they're pieces of shit." I'm like, why? Yeah, are, yeah. Why are we spending time on that? But yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Writing about so, the failing Vanity Fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Next up will be Esther. It's a little bit shorter than Nehemiah, um, so it should be just a ep or two of that, and then we're on to Job, famous Finally, Job, famous yeah. Job. That's a big long book, and uh, then an even bigger, the longest book in the Bible, Psalm. After that, so are we doing? Hang in there, folks. I think we're going to really speed through that. Yeah, because a bunch of songs, right? Well, we'll. we'll I mean, we're we're yeah. ways from that. It's not even worth talking. We'll get there. About. Yeah, that's a few months out. I feel like but. Psalms is big because every time I open my Bible, it's on Psalms. Like if I'm like if I'm like, all right, where was I? I open up the Bible, it's always on Psalms, and then I have to like go back. So who knows? Yeah, it's uh, it's by far the longest book of the Bible, and right there in the middle, so it's easy to turn to. Anyway, um, uh, what is our Twitter handle again? Oh yeah, our Twitter handle is at Bible Pimps. Common spelling. Can't believe we haven't been banned yet. This is a record. And uh, if you want to send us an email, that's a Revelations podcast. At gmail.com. Oh, also, uh, this episode is dedicated to the late, great Sheldon Adelson, who uh, left us earlier this week. Rip, brother. Who? Sheldon Adelson. He's like a... I've heard that he's like the cool Jew-saurus, you know? uh, He's the one that conservatives like, because he, instead of like being... A liberal, he is a conservative. Right. So it's funny, even though he's a he's a billionaire Jew, Jew casino yeah. owner. Right. They all act like everyone calls him like a successful businessman. He owns. He's he makes people go into debt for gambling. Let's not. <laughs> Some doesn't provide anything. Well, I mean, a better a better businessman than Trump, who couldn't even manage that. But I mean, I, Trump I, does. I, that was kind of my. Job. I saw Mike Pence like pinning like some like oh Mr. Adelson, so much wickedness did you fund. And they're like, well, at least he's not George Soros who paid for some leaf blowers to fuck up Portland yeah. or something. He know. literally is just conservative George Soros uh, with all the awful pinnings that comes with. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lizard. He's from America, though, unlike Soros, who uh, barely escaped the Holocaust. So doesn't right. even have that going Well, for I heard him. he like uh, was a, the architect. Oh. <laughs> as a tw- as a 10-year-old in Boston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. you know, those lizards mature quick. Oh, my Jesus Christ. Yeah.